think of it this way. If you knew the word jog or you knew the word run, but you didn't know the word jogging or running, and someone asked you, what does it mean to be jogging or running? You could fill it in with, well, it's uh, they wear certain shoes. They wear certain shorts. They run certain routes. They have apps on their phone that track their progress. There are different marathons that they have medals for. They read Runner Magazine, and, and the problem is, is that that's not what jog or run means. Jog and run means to jog or run. That's the problem with the word discipleship because it doesn't even find itself in the New Testament. And that's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, Slayer Garth Heckman. Hope you're having an amazing middle of the week. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Just want to let you know that for Thursday, Friday, there will be no podcast this week simply because of Thanksgiving, and I'm hanging out with family and food. Yes, family and food. That's where you're going. That's what we're doing, and that's all that matters at that point. So don't look for me on your iPhone or on your Podbean or whatever you listen to. Know that I'll be enjoying myself. I hope you are too. Let's get into this whole idea of discipleship again. The word discipleship is not found in the Bible which is the problem because we build all these nuances around what discipleship is. And we talked about yesterday how the church is magnified and glorified, becoming more like Jesus, but not doing what Jesus does. Jesus called us to be disciples. And the power behind becoming more like Jesus is when we go out and try to make disciples. That's the catalyst that causes us to want to know more, be hungry more, seek God more, because disciples make disciples. Look, as a pastor, it's not my job to teach you, lead you, equip you, pray for you, comfort you, grow you, heal you, love you, encourage you, outside of it making you a better disciple maker. If I do all of those things, but it doesn't motivate or make you a disciple maker, it's pointless. It's simply self-gratifying. Look, you go to tell someone about Jesus and they're trans or gay or atheist or Muslim, you go to pray for someone as you're witnessing to them and they're not healed or freed or delivered, This is the catalyst. These are the things that cause you to want to seek God more. That's the beauty of making disciples. Not every person you share Christ with becomes a disciple. Many challenge you. Many uh, come at you. Many argue with you. Many doubt you. And what's amazing is that it's probably the, the number one reason that opens that door into your heart and life to, I want to know God more. Look, we're the body of Christ. And the body eats, sleeps, works, rests, exercises. But if the body never reproduces, well, is it really doing its job? It's a selfish, short-lived existence, really. When do you know a body is healthy? When do you know an organism is healthy? Well, honestly, it's when it can reproduce. I don't know if you know or have heard of the term stolen valor. It's a term used by those who catch people who are pretending to have served in the armed forces. And in fact, if you jump on YouTube, you can find all kinds of videos of other soldiers who are in civilian clothing bust guys who are pretending to be in the service. And to be honest with you, when you watch the videos, it's disgusting to see these men dress up and try to pretend like they're heroes. One video that I saw in particular This guy in his, I don't know, late 20s, who had obviously been in the service and probably still was, caught a guy in the airport and started asking him questions. When the guy couldn't really answer the questions, 
and when he started to question the uh, patches and the medals on his uniform and found out that they they didn't deserve to be on him because you couldn't have a certain patch with a certain medal, etc., he started to yell at the top of his lungs, stolen valor, stolen valor, pointing at this guy. And other people in the armed services who were in this packed airport came over and started harassing him. Look, it's disgusting to those who've served, to those who've been in the armed services. It's disgusting because this person didn't serve. They didn't lose their brothers. They didn't sacrifice. And isn't it the same if you call yourself a disciple and you've not served? Look, I've lost people to hell that I have shared the gospel with. I've had people not get healed and die of sickness that I have prayed for. I'm a disciple, and at the same time, I have discipled people and won them to Christ, and I've spent hours with them reading and praying and teaching. And when you call yourself a disciple and you haven't done any of that, I want to point my finger at you and say, stolen valor. You're a poser. And again, some churches are more concerned with funding programs than creating disciples and disciple makers. And this is why Christianity has plunged in the last 100 years. In our country, in the last 100 years, we look at all these demographics and we want to come up with all these reasons why our nation, our church, our world is becoming colder and colder and why Christianity is dying out, especially in the United States. And we go, well, sin has gotten so much worse and it's the end times. I said, no, no. I say it's because we've not learned to make disciples. Do you know... Pastor Cho over in China at one of the largest churches in the world. It might still be. And one of the things that he told everyone who accepted Christ was, you will only know if you're really a Christian if you lead other people to Christ. It was expected. It was almost demanded. If you're a Christian, then that means you will immediately begin to go out and tell other people about Christ. Isn't it amazing? It reminds me of Ezekiel 22, verses 29, 30, and 31. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have exploited the foreign resident without justice. Verse 30, I searched for a man among them to repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So I have poured out my indignation upon them and consumed them with the fire of my fury. I have brought their ways down upon their own heads, declares the Lord. This whole chapter concedes that God was looking for anyone, anyone who would stand in the gap and make disciples. The mindset here is that God was looking for anyone to call the people to repentance, a.k.a. make disciples. But there was no one. Are you going to stand in the gap? Are you going to be a Christian are you going to be a, a follower of Christ? Or are you going to be what you're called to be, a disciple maker? And again, a disciple maker who makes disciples who make disciples. Garth Heckman, David Alliance, keep slaying giants.